You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back. My name is Jacques Daniel. I'm here with... Amy Julian. And we are at the Chancery offices downtown Rapid City. Beautiful Rapid City. Beautiful Rapid City right next to the Mustard Seed. Across the street from Armadillo's. I was going to say, across the street from Armadillo's, they're closed, oh, closed for the season, so that's not helpful, but <laughs> we are right in the heart of Rapid City, and uh, and we've had some amazing guests this morning, and we have uh, we one have. more. We're not stopping. Uh, we've got a couple more, so joining us now is uh, Camille Polly. Good morning, Camille. Good morning, Jacques. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Good. I was hey, ex- Amy. Hey, you Hi, Camille. There? Yeah. <laughs> I was wishing you were going to be in studio with us, but we'll have to just suffice with your voice. Yes, I'm sorry to everybody. My little one is ill, and uh, my husband is fighting the good fight on the other side of the state, um, doing pro-life work there with the, the priests and pastors. So Amen. We are sure thankful for him. Yep. yep, he's a good man. I'm glad I married him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Camille, uh, you, I think you've been on Real Presence Live before talking about... Once or twice. Uh, yeah, once or twice talking about healing the culture, but yeah. maybe you can give us a brief recap for those who maybe haven't heard before. Uh, tell us a I little will. bit about who you are and the organization you're involved with and your role. And I will. That. Yes, I'm primarily a wife and mother, and that's the most important thing in my life, but mm-hmm. I've also been doing pro-life ministry work uh, for the past 30 years. Uh, founded an organization with Father Robert Spitzer from, you know, people know him from EWTN mostly nowadays. Uh, but we're called Healing the Culture. We're pro-life. We teach a philosophy of why you should be pro-life that reaches people who are not pro-life and who are secular, not necessarily religious. Um, but we do what we call pre-evangelization, and we use Father Spitzer's four levels of happiness and his ten universal principles of civilization. And we do a very orderly um, argument for why you should be pro-life that pretty much hits everybody at the most important issues. So instead of using statistics, you know, fetal development facts, and things like that, we go more for how are you defining freedom, success? Do you really want to be happy? Do you know what that means? How are you defining quality of life? You want a high quality of life, but what does that mean? Are you really living for the right kind of quality of life? How are you defining suffering? Is suffering necessarily always evil and to be avoided at all costs? Or are you giving up on the best parts of life because you are so afraid, responding out of fear or out of ego when you are facing suffering? And so we ask the hardest questions, and we answer them, and we move people. We help move them to deeper uh, ideas and deeper notions of truth, uh, I mean, of happiness and love that are grounded in truth, so that when they look at abortion and euthanasia, their eyes open It's really hard to just open someone's eyes with statistics and, you know, medical facts today. Uh, It's very difficult because philosophically, people are not where we are. And so they justify abortion and euthanasia despite the statistics, despite the medical facts, despite the physical reality, despite the, you know, all of the studies that have been done on post-abortion trauma. They are living for something very, very different than we are. And so they have to keep abortion legal to justify what they're living for. So that's what we do. We challenge those assumptions, those false assumptions, and then we show other people how to do that. 
Yeah, and I've been a part of some of those trainings. We have had you with the Social Justice Commission and with other organizations, and people respond really well to it. Even people that have been pro-life their whole life, this is a completely novel approach where you're appealing to um, you know people's own inner happiness and their perception of what makes them happy, instead of just trying to you know ram a moral principle that they don't even relate to. That's right. The pro-abortion movement, Planned Parenthood is the worst uh, offender on this topic, will do everything they can to keep people living for a much lower, shallow, narrow, uh, and, and quite frankly, harmful definitions. Right. So it's to their, and it's blatant. If you go on their website, you see it everywhere. You know, it's all about me. It's all about my choice. It doesn't right. matter what that choice is as long as I'm the one who made it. I own it. It's my body. It's my choice. They've been that way since day one. And unfortunately, over the last 50 years of them working in people's hearts like that, they've conquered a lot of hearts to believe that living for myself, living for my own selfish person is going to make me happy. And of course it's not. I mean, right. the, the, the incidences of people who are clinically depressed is off the charts. And it wasn't just COVID that did it. This started years ago. We had teachers years ago in the late 90s who were telling us that at least half of their students are clinically depressed walking around campuses, and it's not because of chemical imbalances. It's because they don't know who they are and what they're living for. All right. So you're right. It's not just the pro-abortion people who need this and the you know, pro-choice people. It's pro-lifers who need this, too. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to be reminded who we are and what these words really mean. Yeah, and it's just so antithetical to you know jp2's principle of man only fully realizing himself when he makes a sincere gift of himself and culture is telling us it's all about us we have to do self-care and self this and self that and yet that's driving us in the exact opposite direction of what god intended us to be yeah you're right amy i one of my heroes is um most of my heroes are catholic but one who's not catholic is sophie soul i don't know if you've ever seen that movie the last days of sophie soul i think that's what it's called but she was a 19-year-old uh, during the Nazi regime, and she was a member of the White Rose Movement, the anti-Nazi movement of college students who were leafleting their college campuses with anti-Nazi you know, literature. She got caught along with her brother and a friend, and she was executed very quickly, and um, she, you know, they, they beheaded her. But her last words when she's in her writing, she talks about how so many people live tiny lives, you know, and their tiny lives are so small in their little world all about themselves because they're afraid. And she says, I will not be small, I will be big, and my, my, bright, my light will, will burn brightly because that's what matters. That's what makes life worth living in the first place. And I love that statement. I'm, of course, butchering what she actually said, <laughs> misquoting her, but, <laughs> but that was the essence of what she said. And um, people should watch that movie if they have fear about speaking out on the pro-life movement because of this or that, or I'm afraid in front of my family members. Mm. You know, watch this movie about this young woman who was so brave that she faced the Nazis in court and stood up for what was right. Yeah, it's um, that's amazing. And then and that that call to living a bigger life, you know, going beyond ourselves, and 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 we can only live that bigger life when we live outside of you know our little needs and and desires and whatnot. God wants so much more for us, and we deny ourselves of that by focusing too much on ourselves. It's true, and and I'm sure that most of the people listening to the show know that over 90%, actually it's probably more like 96% of all abortions are done because of those selfish impulses. They're not done because someone was raped, or someone has a life-threatening condition, or, you know, something like that. It's done 
over 96% are done because I'm afraid of what I'm going to have to do. I'm afraid of the commitment it requires from me. I'm afraid of how my life will change. I'm afraid of what I will have to give up. So it is incredibly important that we change those definitions that people are living by about what happiness is and what meaning is all about and what suffering is for and what quality of life and success are. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I love your approach to this and, you know, hand in hand with Father Spitzer's, you know, scientific approach, you know, and the fact that, you know, faith and reason are parallel. They are not in contradiction, you know, but that the more we dive into the world around us and the more we dive into the philosophy, the more we're going to actually find ourselves because that's where God wants us. It's true. We had a teacher who had taught for 30 years in a Catholic high school in Florida, and after going through our training, she said, I've been teaching pro-life in my high school class for 30 years, and she said, I began to get jaded about it because it was all about the pictures. I fell in love with the cute fetus. And she said, after going through your curriculum, it it not only was re-inspiring to me about being pro-life, but for the first time in my life, I realized why I was (laughs) pro-life. And it took her 30 years to get there. So, you know, it's, it's a critical thing that as Catholics and as pro-lifers, we deeply understand why. Yeah, and, and I know this isn't the focus of our chat today, but the fact that you actually, you don't wait until they hit high school and college, you know, to, to teach mm-hmm. them this. You mm-hmm. actually have curriculum right. developed for the littlest ones, too. That's right. Free stuff. If people go to our website, healingtheculture.org, they can log on and they can get free videos for littles as young as kindergarten, even four years old, that guide them through pro-life principles without even talking about abortion or, or assisted suicide. Yeah. And there's a common thread that we've had in all of our, I don't know if we're tracking, all of our interviews this morning, uh, St. Augustine, yeah, right? The Augustine Institute, uh, Dr. Scott this morning talking about the Jesse tree and, and understanding the larger picture of salvation so history, history yeah. right? giving this sense of space and, and how do we fit into the picture, right? Giving us the, the larger picture of where where we are at in salvation history and uh and then even dr ross right knowing that we're we're a whole person like we Mm -hmm. you know it's not just our jaw it's not just a migraine it's not just something a little pill can take away but there's this holistic approach to the person i see this convergence in this conversation here camille that um (laughs) yeah i mean augustine's own story is that he you know he grew up with the finest education and that that the that the western world knew and uh and it and it didn't prepare him for life it didn't prepare him for happiness he didn't uh his heart was moved about in the wrong places and and the the symptoms of that or whatever you know like the final his whole life his all the 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 debauchery and ways that he lived um, was just a, I guess, a symptom of this deeper problem. Like I don't understand who I, who am, I am, what I'm made yeah. for, and what what is authentic happiness. So that's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah only you're doing. only only the Catholic Church celebrates the whole human person, all of us. You know, all of who we are. Any other philosophy is going to only celebrate one small part of you, as if it were all of you, and that's what makes those philosophies so wrong. You know, you are just your sexual you know, item. You are just your IQ. You are just your physical beauty. You are just your whatever. Only the Catholic Church celebrates your entire personhood. All of who you are spiritually, morally, physically, biologically, you know, your soul, all of you. Yeah, that's fantastic. 
Well, Camille, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the reason we brought you on, which is that uh, okay. this weekend, <laughs> this weekend, all, no, I, I mean, all of this conversation is fantastic, but the um, this weekend, we've got an opportunity for listeners. So if you're listening, join us after the break. We're going to join uh, back with Camille. How you can hear more about her. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Celebrating Sunday. Christians are Sunday people. What does that mean? Before we ask ourselves how we observe Sunday, we have to consider what we Christians actually celebrate on Sunday. The real and first reason for celebrating Sunday lies in the fact that on this day Christ rose from the dead. For the first time, someone returns from the dead and will not die again. But Jesus did not pass quickly into heaven. He did not simply shed time as one might shed a worn-out garment. On the contrary, he remains with us. The Feast of Sunday is therefore, above all, a profession of faith in the resurrection. Very early in the history of the church, Christians asked themselves, why did the Lord choose this day? According to Jewish reckoning, Sunday was the first day of the week. It was therefore the day on which God created the world. It was the day on which God ended his rest and spoke, let there be light. Sunday is the first day of the week, the day of creation. That means then that Sunday is also the day on which we give thanks for creation. Creation has been given us by God as our living space, as the scene of our labor and our leisure, in which we find both the necessities and the superfluities of life, the beauty of images and sounds, which we need precisely as much as we need food and clothing. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter, and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. My name is Jacques Daniel. I'm here with Amy Julian and Camille Pauly, and we were having a fantastic uh, conversation. If you're just joining us, you missed the the <laughs> you missed the good part. I want to say the good part. This is going to be a good part too, but you missed an important important part of the conversation. Yeah. So you're going to have to check the podcast uh, to get the rest of it. But Camille, welcome back. Thank we were you. chatting, yeah, we've been chatting about healing the culture, and um, and there's an opportunity this weekend for people to connect with you and uh, and to get some of this training that you're talking about, and maybe tell us a, a little bit more about that. Yes, that's right, you bet. It's going to be on Saturday, this Saturday. It's an all-day training, 
It's about five hours. I'm not sure about the starting and ending time. I better find out since I have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so the check-in check-in is at eight o'clock, but um, oh, it's uh, check-in and some breakfast and uh, or, orienting yourself to the space, and then morning prayer with the VSI students. So it's out at Terra Sancta in conjunction with the Veritati Splendor Institute for the Diocese yes. Rapid City. Yes, anybody can go to this training. Anyone can sign up for it. And uh, it's, it's a, a Catholic apologetic on respect for human life. And so you're going to get a very deep, rich um, ex- exploration into the Catholic philosophy of the human person and how it applies to our pro-life positions. Um, and then we'll define all of those words very deeply and we'll lay out a 10-point argument for the pro-life movement that's all grounded in that philosophy of the human person. And it will be exciting, it will be beautiful, it will be eye-opening, but it'll also be a day that you get to practice it. It's not just sitting there listening to lecture for five hours. I, I couldn't do that, and I couldn't listen to me do that, so <laughs> I'm sure nobody else could either. I could but listen to you do it. <laughs> <laughs> but we will actually have small group breakouts where you get a chance to discuss these philosophical principles and how they apply personally to you and in the culture. We'll practice exercises, so you get a chance to practice some, practice conversation with others. We'll have some reflection time, and there'll be a lot of free take-home tools that you'll get when you're there, um, and lots of time for questions and answers, too. So, man, you're getting like a whole college course on the pro-life, the, you know, the Catholic apologetics on pro-life in a five-hour day. Plus one. And- yeah, plus lunch, this, plus mass. Lunch is always good, yeah, and mass. Morning prayer and evening prayer, yeah. yeah. Then there's opportunities yeah. to do the small group breakouts and to be able to talk through situations and role play things and, and you know, do things that really kind of cement this fabulous knowledge that you're getting. And it's, you know, it's so easy to go to a, a conference and, and listen and be like, like stirred up, but then you walk out and you kind of forget and you kind of like life goes on and you know, you, it just kind of drifts away, but having that opportunity to engage in using all of your senses and all of your faculties and reiterating these principles really cements it. And you're excellent at that. I can speak from experience. Well, you're so kind. The two things I love the most about using Father Spitzer's methodology in our training is that number one, um, people, go away with it from the training without fear anymore. So many of us are afraid. I don't want to say anything to my friends, even though we just made a pro-choice comment that was really wrong. I don't want to talk to my sister about it because I don't want to ruin our relationship. These people need you to say something about it. They're living in error, and the error leads to sin, and the sin leads to unhappiness and profound and the sever of the relationship with Christ. And so we have to say something, but what this training does is it gives you a way to do it without having to remember a bunch of statistics or remember a bunch of facts. You can speak from your own heart, and you will remember what you learned because it's heart to heart, right? It's a philosophy of who we are and what we believe, and you're not going to forget that. And you'll be able to phrase it in your own way depending on the situation of who you're talking to. And we'll help you do that with, you know, with role-playing during the conversation. And the second thing I love about it is you don't have to just use these philosophical principles for pro-life. You right. can use them to apply to any moral issue or anybody who's struggling with something. You can use these principles on happiness, on freedom, on success, on love, on you know, personhood, what is the human person, on human rights, on the common good. You can use these in so many different uh, ways with different moral issues and social issues and even personal issues. So 
like, I just love using his methodology, and anybody who has already been through it, go through it again, because it, it can do nothing but help you continue within your pro-life and, uh, you know, Catholic apologetics. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many times, you know, when we're visiting with friends and family and coworkers and whatnot, who don't have that, that, that true, you know, Catholic perspective, um, we feel like we're imposing a burden on them by sharing our moral view. And, and so we're, we're hesitant. And like you said, we're fearful. And, and like, I love the way that healing the culture takes that. And it's rather than feeling like you're imposing a burden, that you're actually offering them true freedom and true happiness. And it's a gift that you're giving them, not an additional burden. Yes, I'll give you an example, just a little taste for people of, of how we do this and what you might say. A lot of times people, in, especially if they're in college, um, but in our families as well, you'll, you'll get an argument from somebody that, you know, how can you force a woman, uh, you know, to give birth to a child she doesn't want? Don't you believe in loving the woman because she's an, an autonomous being? And if God loves us, he gives us freedom. And he allows us the autonomy to be able to make decisions by ourselves. And you're taking that away. And we look at that and say, oh, my gosh, what do I say to that, right? They're using the God argument and human freedom against us. And we get scared when really all we have to do is look at the error. They're making one small error about what human freedom is and what autonomy is for. And you just have to say, you know, I see that you're coming at this from a position where you really love women. And I... I think that you probably know I love women, too. I don't believe that you think I hate women and want women to suffer. But I wonder what you mean by freedom. I mean, if God loves us so much that he gave us freedom, do you think he's a God who sits back and watches while we use our freedom to hurt ourselves and others? Or do you think that he tries to help us use our freedom for what is good for us? And then you be quiet. And you listen. Because more times than not, the person will hem and haw and then eventually say, well, yeah, I mean, he wants what's good for us. But how do you know what's good for us? Why, why do you think your good for us is better than someone else's good idea of good? They'll say something like that. Well, now they've asked you a question, and now you get to answer it, right? Well, I think that anything that separates us from God is bad for us, don't you? Right? And then you be quiet again. Well, <laughs> I think that anything that drives us away from relationship with other human persons is bad for us, don't you? Right? And you kind of go into this where you're leading them into a higher sense of what freedom is. You're not just sitting there saying, oh, well, true, true freedom is choosing what is good for us and um, rejecting what is bad for us. And, but you're not, you're not spitting out a philosophical defense. You're inviting them into it by seeing where there's common ground, right? I don't really think that you think that freedom is about choosing anything, including what's bad for us, so that we hurt ourselves, hurt others, and live a miserable life. Do you? And most people are going to say no. And then you answer, true freedom is choosing what's really good for us. And taking the innocent life of another human person is never going to truly be good for us because it separates us from love, from self-sacrifice. Why is it that so many people think that women are not capable of self-sacrifice, mm. of commitment, of gift of self, of doing heroic, truly heroic things? Why do we sell them so short and think they're only capable of the selfish impulses that drive us to things like abortion? Why? Mm -hmm. Those kinds of questions are so important in a conversation like that. But then it's important to know when to be quiet, right? Because you're not going to change most people's hearts immediately. They need to go home and ponder those questions. And that's what we help you do at this training. 
how do I phrase those questions? And how do I yeah. know when to stop? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's the hard part, huh? That's, well, that's fantastic. So December 2nd, this Saturday, starting at 8 o'clock, check-ins at 8 o'clock. If you can't be there till nine, you're going to miss breakfast and you're going to miss morning prayer. But I, we heard uh, from from uh, Rini at the retreat center that uh, people said eight o'clock. That's really early in the morning. <laughs> it is early in the morning for some people, especially if you're traveling. You're traveling. Obviously, <laughs> um, but if uh, yeah, if you can make it here, um, please join the the way to register rapidcitydiocese.org. If you go to the diocesan website, right on the homepage. There is, uh, there's a picture of a, a cute little baby, 3D rendering of a baby <laughs> fetus in the womb. Um, or you can go rapidcitydiocese.org forward slash enrichments. And you'll find uh, December 2nd, a Catholic apologetic on respect for human life right there. You click register now. Uh, if, you, if, if this has stirred you, this conversation with Camille, you should do it today. Uh, today Absolutely. is the day. Today is the day. Not tomorrow, but today. Uh, register so we have an accurate count for lunch and uh, we know how many yogurt cups we need and seats and <laughs> Camille knows how many packets and things that we need so we can get everything ready for you um, but there's a plus there's you a get mass there's so many things yeah. it's, it really is you know um, VSI is a huge commitment but the beautiful thing about these enrichments I think is that uh, one day you can jump in uh, you know learn something um, but it is really like a retreat. You know, you've got morning prayer, you've got mass, you've got right. uh, presentations and conversations, and you're with people from throughout the diocese, and you're learning together, and you're praying together, and so it ends up just being a beautiful, beautiful day. It's yeah. a full day, but it's a beautiful day. Yeah, and and maybe people don't remember or realize that you are local to us now, that you moved here into the Rapid City area. And so, you know, like we are so incredibly blessed to have both you and your husband, you know, who's our executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, that you guys have moved here and brought this passion for life and, and kind of breathed a new energy and just at the perfect time for the fight that we have on our hands right now with the uh, proposed amendment, the constitutional amendment in South Dakota. And so, and so our young people are actually going to have a chance to learn a little bit about this at the March for Life. There's, right? a, there's a bunch of opportunities. So there's this weekend, there is the, um, in January, the, March the, for life the walk for life up in yeah. here. We're uh, hopefully taking a bus of young people to the Capitol and, yeah. and, uh, and joining with South Dakota right to life and, um, ending with mass and adoration and a meal at, at St. John's in Fort Pierre. And then we don't really have time for this, but we're going to talk. About, we're going to have to have you back, Camille, because uh, both you and uh, and Michael are doing uh, an event in February that is uh, um, built brick by brick, brick, building a pro-life culture in South Dakota, and, and talking about some of these things you're talking about uh, this weekend, but more, and also engaging in, in politics and and life in the ballot, and and how do we apply those principles to, yeah. you know, the the things that are, are coming up uh, in front of us and for the legislature and, and as citizens so many good opportunities thank you is there anything else you want to say one any final thoughts before we break gosh just happy advent to everybody enjoy this advent season. i love advent the anticipation of christmas is so wonderful <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome thank you camille thank you again and uh again if you want to register rapidcitydiocese.org slash enrichments or right there on the home page and you can uh, meet camille this weekend and uh and and get certified in this uh, catholic ap apologetic on the respect for human life 
pro-life topic. It's fantastic. Thank yeah. you, Camille. Thank you, Josh. Gonna, Thanks, Amy. God bless you both. God bless you. We're going to take a little break. Uh, join us right after the break for more exciting uh, content here at Real Presence Radio Live. And yet there's more. There's more. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. And uh, I remember when uh, they came around looking for donations at the churches when they were trying to get started. And it really hit me when, I don't even remember who it was, came around, but it was just like, I think that I need this. Because I wanted to be be fed. Uh, I wasn't taking time to read my Bible or any of that, but I just knew it was like, well, if I could listen to stuff on the radio like he talked about. And so it, it was everything that it said and more, you yeah. know, in all reality. So. It doesn't take a lot of effort to turn it on. It does not take a lot of effort. You know, sometimes, really, it, I'm going to back up on that and say it, it, it almost does, because if you want to be drawn in and contemplate what is all being said on the radio, there's a lot of stuff that gets kind of deep. It's like, well, it makes you contemplate. It's like, uh, okay, am I, am I ready to, to take this food in and digest it and all that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, spiritual food. So, yeah, it's That's it's true. been it's been really good for me from from my faith walk. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Psalm 95 warns us, If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. The Lord is always guiding us and speaking to us through Holy Scripture, through the sacramental life of the Church, and through prayer. If we will only listen. The more you listen, the more you will hear Him. The less you listen, the less you will hear Him. Let us not harden our hearts against the voice of Jesus, even when his words do not line up with popular culture or may drive a wedge between us and society. Let us not harden our hearts against the voice of Jesus, even when his words challenge our preconceived notions and expectations. Let us not harden our hearts against the voice of Jesus, even when they call us so far out of our comfort zone that it feels like we're in another country. He is Lord and he will guide us if we just listen. If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. What is the Lord telling you today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. 